Ahsoka. It is good to see you safe, little Ahsoka. Ahsoka, I am so sorry. For what? For letting you go. For letting you get taken. It was my fault. No, Master. It wasn't your fault. I should have paid more attention. I should have tried harder. I... You already did everything you could. Everything you had to do. When I was out there, alone, all I had was your training and the lessons you taught me. And because of you, I did survive. And not only that, I was able to lead others to survive as well. I don't know what to say. I do. Thank you, Master. You're welcome, my Padawan. It's time for Send in the Clones! Join your hosts, Uto and Robbie, on an epic journey through a galaxy far, far away as they follow the escapades of Anakin Skywalker and the Jedi Knights with the Clone Army of the Republic in their struggle against Count Dooku and the droid army of the evil Separatists. So step in and prepare for adventure because it's time to send in the clones! In this episode... On the run from evil Trandoshan sport hunters, youngsters Ahsoka, Jinx, and Omer decide to go on the attack. They encounter a Wookiee called Chewbacca, who joins them in their fight to defeat the Trandoshans and escape with their very lives. Hey, troops, it's your old buddy Butcher. I'm on my first ever watch of the Clone Wars. And next to me in the dropship on his third ever watch of the Clone Wars, he's the Anakin to my Ahsoka. That's your trusty pal, Robbie. Hey, how's it going, everyone? And we are going to talk about the 66th episode in the StarWars.com Clone Wars chronology. It's written like the previous episode by Bonnie Hunt, and again, it's directed by Dave Filoni himself. It's Season 3, Episode 22, Wookiee Hunt. So, Robbie, how about we roll out with you letting us know what you remembered about this episode before you rewatched it again this week. And I know there's one thing that you surely remembered about this episode. I was just going to say one word. Chewbacca. I remember it was a big deal, you know, when this aired, that it was almost legitimizing the Clone Wars even more when you have, you know, an old fan favorite, you know, show up in the... I mean, you've already got Anakin and Obi-Wan and R2 and C-3PO and all that kind of stuff. Padme and all those Count Dooku, people that have been in the movies, but to have one show up that sort of out of the era, you know, that we're, that we've been focusing on Chewbacca, it was a big deal. And it was kind of a, it was, I don't know, I would almost hazard to say a little forced, but it was still pretty cool. And there was something about the design of him that I really liked because it was, it was sort of like you boil down what's important about Chewbacca, you know? And there was something that I really I just really like the design of them, and this episode kind of, you know, it wraps up this arc, wraps up this season, and I think with, uh, you know, not too bad of a story. Well, one of the things I loved about you in this episode, Robbie, is that he slips over when he and Ahsoka are searching the wreckage. A really nice, fun, kind of adorable touch, and it's something I can't remember seeing any character do before in this show. All of a sudden, he's super relatable, because who among us hasn't slipped like that before when we're... (laughs) searching the wreckage of crashed ships but i just love that little touch that he and ahsoka are entering the ship she just slips over how did you like that little touch robbie no i it's it's funny because i don't remember noticing that before but i did notice it this time and i and i did enjoy that i thought that was really funny (laughs) 
it's like just falls right on his butt it's kind of funny yeah i love seeing him too robbie and someone who doesn't fall on his butt in this episode and i don't even remember if we mentioned his name in the previous episode that's jinx of course we had omir the syrian youngling and jinx the twi'lek youngling and jinx at least plays a much more significant part in this episode and one of the areas it goes into with him goes back to one of the ideas that was brought up in Padawan Lost, that the Jedis do not kill out of hate, but we do know that they kill out of self-defense, or they're like the defense of others, right? Or at least we know that Anakin does, since he killed Talmeric to save Obi-Wan and Satine in Voyage of Temptation. Although, Obi-Wan seemed to frown on even that, right? And here, at the start of Wookiee Hunt, we see these youngsters trying to fight the Trandoshans without trying to kill them. And man, is it frustrating <laughs> until Jinx finally puts the boot into that Trandoshan who's hanging off Omer's leg and he kicks that Trandoshan to his death. And that was, I mean, that was super satisfying, right, Robbie? <laughs> Seeing Jinx finally decide enough playing around, you're going down. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's weird. If you, if you really start to think about and you kind of break things down, right? We had talked about in the previous episode how there seemed to be some some room to expand on some of the the character moments and things like that but then there are there are times when like i feel like some of the action is sort of arbitrary in a way and maybe it's because you know through all of my years i've seen so many action scenes and so many you know it's almost like eh, yeah you just get to it you know right are you, are you talking specifically about the scene when when they're trying to board the ship at the start yes yeah it's almost like just just come on you know it's like i there was a bit of uh frustration from my point of view watching it that just do the thing man just get it done let's go let's move on let's move on to you know for me the more interesting part of it which is a character moment or an actual plot point going forward it just seemed like that whole scene it just it was i felt is that wrong? I just was like, get on with it. Let's just go. Sure. Is that weird? No, I get what you're saying, and I. but I, I wonder if it's actually designed to be frustrating. You know, we're supposed to feel that tension in these younglings trying not to break the Jedi code, you know, trying not to kill out of, I guess, what Ahsoka was talking about in the last episode, you know, out of hatred, but at some point there's a line that gets crossed where it's self-defense, and yeah, I don't know. It started out frustrating, and then eventually Jinx... You know, puts the boot in, like I said. And Jinx in this episode also moves kind of into the role that Khalifa had before, where he becomes the leader of the younglings and goes up against Ahsoka to some extent. And Ahsoka, as part of her development, goes along with him. You know, decides not to stick with the plan to try and reach out to the Wookiees, where Chewie is putting that transmitter together. But she decides, I can't let them go. So Jinx moves into a leadership position and it ends up working out and like i said we didn't really even mention him in the last episode but i really got to kind of like jinx in this episode and i'm hoping and you should probably not comment on this particular part robbie i'm hoping we get an episode down the line somewhere where we see say ayla secura or plo Koon, maybe because you know i can always do with them but anyone ayla's cool as well right and we see oh look jinx has become her padawan or you know let's say we see omer with mace or something but especially jinx because that kid has forced talent and his leadership abilities and i want to see him be someone's padawan now it's weird that you say that about the tension in that moment because for me it was frustration where i was just kind of like eh let's let's move on it's it's just interesting how the show certain moments hit 
people differently. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, I would not be opposed to seeing them again, either one of them again, but I, I felt more like, let's just get on with it. (laughs) (laughs) And no, I won't comment on future episodes. Well, speaking of getting on with it, Robbie, one thing that's different about this episode maybe than past episodes is that there is a ton of close quarters hand fighting in this episode. So without weapons, like basically grappling, you know, punching, boxing, basically MMA or Krav Maga maybe, I don't know. But we sort of see that Chewie, he doesn't care at all about the Jedi Code. He's throwing Trandoshans to the desk, happy as you please. And also in that scene, of course, Sugi and Serapas turn up as the transport captains bringing the Wookiees to the fight and we see a whole bunch of new Wookiees and that whole end scene I mean talked about not really being into the early scene where the younglings board the ship but how did you like all of the scrapping that goes down at the end of the episode Robbie? Oh it was really fun and and it's you know just a, a different dynamic because nobody has their lightsabers you know and to a certain extent you can understand why the Wookiees maybe aren't the most uh, technologically advanced species which is kind of interesting it's it's something that I didn't consciously think of until I watched uh, their little making of thing where you know the reason that you know those bounty hunters show up with the Wookiees is because they don't have like a bunch of interstellar craft on Kashyyyk that they're more of a worldly species right so they actually hired the bounty hunters to help them in this in this thing and to get them there which i just i just thought that was a an interesting touch that i didn't consciously put together while i was watching it but yeah the the close quarter stuff is definitely interesting and it's sort of like that dynamic is always interesting when you can take away the jedi's tools right that makes them even more difficult to deal with is you take away their weapons and see what happens you know so yeah i I really did enjoy that well it probably won't come as any surprise that my favorite shot of the episode came from that part of the episode robbie but what was your favorite shot of wookie hunt my favorite shot of the episode is when omer jinx and ahsoka jump onto the trandoshan ship that's actually coming down and they basically crash the ship and the very, very last part of that, it's kind of spinning down toward the ground. It just sounded and looked really, really cool and dangerous. It almost brought up an oh, be careful moment just because of the way it sounded. <laughs> but I really liked the way that that sounded. It almost sounded like an engine out of control or something like that. It just uh, like a turbine engine out of control. It just sounded really, really dangerous and cool. But uh, I will say that the, one of the other things that I really enjoyed about the episode, and in fact, both episodes, are those little cute monkey birds, yeah. which are called convaries. Um, they almost have these little vignette stories, you know, that are almost uh, little, what do you call those? The, the stingers, you know, before commercial breaks, you know what I'm saying? Like in the old days, right. that's almost what this is like. And uh, in this one, there's this little side story with a monkey, and he's trying to get on top. And the, I just really enjoyed those little almost vignettes. Yeah. But yeah, uh, the Trandoshan ship crash that was oof, that was cool looking. Yeah, and it helped that those little convery birds they were always you know in that beautiful location, that branch just outside the hideout. You know, with those were the prettiest shots of the episode. But going back to that Trandoshan ship, my favorite shot of the episode was in that climactic fight on the platform. There's a shot which follows a series of exchanges between a dreadlocked Wookiee and one of the bad guys. And our Wookiee pal, he throws one bad guy over the rail, then he locks up with the other bad guy, sort of wrestling style, and then he drops him with a hard clinch knee to the midsection, Robbie. And then we see the camera tilt upward from the ground as the dreadlocked Wookiee moves in and... He stomps the bad guy 
right on the head. And then he lets out an almighty war cry of triumph. And of course, there's also that very cool shot of Ahsoka Kung Fu fighting with the Daddy Trandoshan where we see the knife from the very close foreground, right? They're having that mm, fight inside mm-hmm. his lodge, hunting room, whatever it is. And the knife gets flung up and beds itself in the upholstery or something and then we watch them fighting in the background with the knife in the foreground and it has that super cool effect of putting menace right in the foreground as we see the fight in the background and the kung fu moves man Ahsoka's kung fu moves are sweet there but also the final shots of the episode with Ahsoka reunited with Anakin and I don't even know which particular shot from that scene to choose but being an old kung fu guy I probably have to choose the shots of Ahsoka and Anakin bowing to each other in that old Shaolin fist and palm style. That was also an interesting segment there. As Anakin and Ahsoka are walking away, Yoda's watching them with a almost like a, a smirk on his face. And it's almost... It's it's almost like he's thinking, hey, this is working out. Yeah, <laughs> Putting these two together, these two wild cards. You know, the, one of the things that I always like about episodic TV is that, yeah, they can be callbacks to previous in the thoughts or whatever but what if it's something more what if it's something that's he's looking toward the future and he's pleased with what he's seeing now i don't know it's i'm not saying anything about the future but i believe that as you said i believe it's more of a this was really a good idea you know putting these two together and i really just enjoyed that that little character moment there yeah and that last scene of course calls back to what plo Koon said in the previous episode because where while Anakin is blaming himself that he didn't protect Ahsoka, Ahsoka replies that, like Plo Koon had told Anakin in the previous episode, Anakin had trained Ahsoka well enough to handle herself by now, and not only that, to lead others in their mission of survival. And that brings us to what did we learn from this episode, Robbie? What I learned from Wookiee Hunt was something I guess I already knew. It's just, don't mess with Ahsoka. <laughs> what did you learn from Wookiee Hunt, Robbie? Well, for me, it's never, ever, ever underestimate a Wookiee's MacGyver type abilities, you know, to yeah. his mechanical abilities, because uh, you know they they kind of counted him out there, and you know what, you can say that the plan worked, you know, Omer and Jinx's plan that that, that it did work, but I believe it's the combination yep. of those two plans exactly that made it all work out. So that's what I learned from the episode: never count a good Wookiee out. Yeah. <laughs> And of course, if the idea behind the Wookiees hiring Sugi and Seropass to get them there was that the Wookiees aren't necessarily technically advanced, well, Chewbacca's, I guess, an outlier there because as we know from the original trilogy movies, he knows how to fix us and fly a spaceship. And also, as we learn here, way back in the day during the Clone Wars, he knew how to build a transmitter that worked just fine. And now it's time to sum up and give our ratings for Wookiee Hunt Robbie. Where does this episode sit on that four-star Robbie scale? Yeah, for me, I mean, this one's, uh, again, for the almost the same reasons as the previous episode. I'm going to give it a three out of four just because I believe that I think it's important for Ahsoka's character and I believe it's important for Anakin's character taking away Ahsoka's weapons and making her more, I guess, more resourceful. And then, of course, Anakin taking away his Padawan. They're both losing something and they have to try to make do. And I think that's important for the characters. But although I believe that, you know, Chewie might have been a bit shoehorned in there, you know, even though that, you know, it's been established that Trandosha and, and Kashyyyk are, are very close together in proximity, right. so the chances of them hunting Wookiees on a regular basis is part of the, the history of the Trandoshans. <laughs> is it? But, but that's, it's one of those things that it's, it's sort of become almost like common knowledge when it comes to the Trandoshans is that when they hunt, they hunt Wookiees. 
because of the proximity okay. of Kashyyyk and Trandosha. That's just one of those things that's ingrained in the Battlefront games and things like that, that Bosk loves to hunt Wookiees and things like that. But I still think it was a little shoehorned in there just to be like, hey, look, kids, chewy, right. you know, and it's, I don't know. That's kind of how I felt. But I'm still going to give it a three out of four, regardless. Yeah, I thought this episode was a step up from the last episode, Robbie. I thought it was a fun way to finish this arc and a fun way to finish the season. This is the end of season three. I thought the walkie battle was a ton of fun. Jinx becoming an even more fleshed out character. I, I enjoyed that. Uh, Soka, of course, really taking another step up in her personal growth. And, of course, that very sweet ending between Anakin and Ahsoka with Master Yoda looking on. I give this one eight Wookiee dreadlocks out of ten. So I'd be keen to see this one again when it comes around on another rewatch in the future. And that's mission accomplished for season three, episode 22, Wookiee Hunt. So Robbie, won't you please let the troops out there know what are our communications channels? Sure, we are Buchon Robbie at Gmail, Twitter, and Instagram. That's B U C H O A N D R O B B Y. Yes, sir. And of course, the troops can join us again next time for the 67th episode in the StarWars.com Clone Wars chronology. We move on to season four, Robbie. It's episode one of season four, Water War. And until then, this is your old buddy Bucho, alongside your trusty pal Robbie, and we are out. Remember, you can support sending the clothes for free simply by rating and reviewing the show on iTunes or any other podcast platform and Bucho and Robbie will read the review on a future feedback episode. And speaking of feedback episodes, you can also send either a text or an audio message of 60 seconds or less to Bucho and Robbie at gmail.com. <laughs>